Duo 2, UWP, Android apps, and a plethora of Xbox news. Happy Friday, friends. There, there's a lot, like a, just a lot jam-packed into this episode because there's a lot of stuff going on this week. And so we are just going to dive right in to the news. So first off, uh, Microsoft gave like official like salute uh, to say goodbye to UWP. They've officially posted guidance for moving uh, off that platform with their updated release of the Windows app SDK. And they're, they're saying like, eh, it's moving over. It doesn't mean UWP is just gone forever, but they're, they're saying like, this is how you should migrate away from it. And so not that we really needed to know that, but UWP, it's over. Uh, it's over. We've known that for a while. Uh, things, I, I think it was three weeks ago, I said, hey, Android apps are going to be coming to Windows 11 soon. And well, they're here, my friends, but it is a messy process. Now, if unless there's some Android app out there or you like to tinker, you might just want to wait a little bit because right now you have to download the subsystem uh, for Android, then you have to enable Hyper-V, then you got to get the store up and running, and then it's not in the store that you think it's going to be in. It's a different world, and then you can sideload things because there's not a whole lot of things in the Amazon App Store, and it's a pretty messy and honestly somewhat slow process. I've played around with it a little bit. My advice to you is unless you like to tinker with things, you might just you might just want to wait a little bit because Microsoft very clearly needs to refine this process because it's it's just not a smooth not a smooth process. Uh, Microsoft has also announced that Windows 10 version 21H2 is officially here. If, if that's what you've been waiting for to upgrade it, I don't know. Um, I don't really know what you do with that information anymore. At this point, it'll more than likely be shoved under your Windows 10 PC here in the near future. But I think many of us are either moving towards Windows 11 or you're just whatever you're stuck on windows 10 because you can't but i think a lot of us are more excited about windows 11 than we are at windows 10 at this point uh visual studio code has come to the web now it's been available in lots of places but now you can code your website on a website uh, sort of thing and so it's designed for web tabs no surprise there but if you like visual studio code you have now got a new place to go and do your your codifying so uh big thing this week is this guy right here the Surface Duo 2. Now, the reviews aside from, across the internet were pretty brutal, if I'm honest. Like, pretty brutal. It's like, this form factor is whatever. Um, and it, some of it is rightfully deserved. Because, so, this is the Duo 1. And the camera hump on the back has a lot of downsides, actually. This camera on the back is okay at best but it creates a lot of problems for example when you hold it closed like this you get a gap on the back and it's just awkward it doesn't sit flat on a table you lost some of that like sveltness of where you got these clean thin lines and all that so here's the deal uh from a performance perspective microsoft fixed all those problems right they put a snapdragon 888 into this thing the display is bright beautiful crisp clear no issues there connectivity 5g doesn't have wireless charging, which is really frustrating because I set my phone on a wireless charger in my car, and well, without wireless charging, guess what's not charging? The Duo 2. Uh, $1,500, not cheap. I believe that's $100 more than the last generation. One of the notable differences, too, is that the, the fingerprint reader on this device is like a little slab you just put your finger on. So now it's an actual little power button. Kind of press that guy. And uh, it's a little more satisfying. It's really fast and accurate. No issues with that. The software's kind of buggy. I had the camera app crash quite a few times. And there's animations that are missing. And it's like, it's one of those things like the hardware is really interesting. Because Microsoft did a wonderful job with this hinge. Like it's really well done, right? It, and you might be saying, well, of course they did. The last hinge was good. The hinge, it's hard to tell, is I believe actually a little bit bigger this time around. And so, uh, my, like the hardware is just nice. It feels wonderful in your hands. 
but the use case is just sort of awkward. I mean, when you go to take a photo, first off, you got to either open it like a book because you can't go like this and turn it around because you're blocking the camera, which is a problem. And so and if you want them in landscape uh, mode, you got to hold it like this, like a sideways book for most of the people who are listening to audio. I don't know why I'm doing this, uh, whatever. People watch the video too. So you can see the landscape there. And it, it's good but you've got to know what you're getting. First off, if you if you are a diehard Lumia fan and you just love Microsoft hardware, you will like this. You will make use of it. You will deal with the shortcomings of it, um, and you will be just fine. I in my review that I wrote, which was very IT Pro focused, um, I think this is actually the perfect on-call device for companies to give out to employees who are on-call in case, knock on wood, the server goes down or whatever, because you can get more done on this. It does fit in your pocket. And I actually wrote my entire review, yes, all, it's about 1,500 words, on the device. It can be done. It is good from that aspect. The problem is, is that it's 1,500 bucks. It's 1,500 bucks and you compare it to something like an iPhone, like there are two different worlds. iPhone is usable one-handed this thing is absolutely two-handed you, you can't really use it one-handed um somebody would be like oh you can just fold it like that but then you've at some point you've got to put this thing back in your pocket so you got to unfold it and go like that it's just a lot of manipulating at the end of the day though it's one of those things like it's really neat but trying to find a use case for it can be a bit challenging i, I think is the reality um like productivity is good it works obviously very well with microsoft 365 but you don't buy it for the camera, so that puts out a large demo, a large audience. Obviously, it's running Android, so if you want an iOS thing, you're not going to be buying this. Um, and you got to be somebody who likes to experiment and live life on the edge, sort of, if you will, because there's great things about it, but I think the lack of practicality is what turns a lot of people off. It's also pretty heavy um, as I continue to hold it here in my hand. And it charges via USB-C. It has fast charging, which is great. I don't know. Um, the re the reviews from other reviewers are like, look, it's it's neat hardware, but we don't know why you would use it. And it's that why would you use it is a, a question you need to answer listening to this. If this is something you think you would like, you will not have any qualms. You will not have any qualms with the hardware. It is wonderful. The biggest unknown, honestly, with this thing is actually the software updates. Microsoft did a terrible job with the original Duo um, bringing updates to this thing. It's still running. I don't think it even has the newest version, or not even newest, but last year's version of android yet it's supposed to be getting it at some point but we still don't know that story and so the one thing that microsoft needed to do exceptionally well was ship uh, exceptional hardware check the box but then be like super supportive of it with software updates and we did not see that with the first duo and so it's a big question with this one and the fact that it's missing some things out of the box you know makes you question the support you're going to get you're not going to have any issues with the performance long term the snapdragon 888 should hold its own just fine um, that was one of the big issues last time around with the duo one is that it shipped effectively with a year old specs but this thing is under the under the glass or glass is because there's two of them um you're getting you're getting top, top notch stuff so there's no real complaints there from that aspect and so should you buy it that's there's no way i can reasonably answer that question if you have a duo one and you're happy with it you will love the duo two and probably just about every possible way if you have an iphone and you're looking for like the you know to live a little i don't know if the duo two is going to be for you you need to have a specific use case where you're looking for looking to you know use the dual displays now if you are a heavy x cloud user or cloud gaming user this might be a really interesting device because it is effectively the Nintendo 3DS style where you can use uh, the keyboard controls down here and then the display up there for the games. So, you know, that's, you really got to decide for yourself, which honestly you should. You should never just buy something based off a review. You should think about it um, quantitatively for your own needs. So there you go. There's the Duo 2. You can go find uh, my full write-up on, on Petri.com. But um, I don't know if you guys have questions about it. I'm happy to do a follow-up video and, and try to get through there. But uh, 
I mean, it, it's it's the second generation of advice we've already seen. So that's that. Uh, Microsoft has released the AMD update we've all been waiting for because Microsoft, <laughs> they slowed down uh, Windows 11 PCs if you're running AMD. Now the AMD update is out for Windows 11, so you should get a nice little performance boost if you're running a uh, Team Red CPU and installing Windows 11. Um, and then this is not an ad, but it's not a paid ad or whatever. My company uh, product I've been working on since I started, Fences 4, if that makes sense to you, is an awesome application that I really like for Windows. It allows you to mirror folders to your desktop and organize things. If you're a neat freak, this is a, a an app for you. is now available out in alpha. So uh, jumping over to the gaming news. So Microsoft is releasing the October update for Xbox. So with this release, you're going to get on the Series X, you're going to have a wonderful 4K dashboard. Um, the night mode is also coming, which has allowed you to adjust the brightness of the LEDs so you're not blinded by the light. There's also some other night mode features allowing you to adjust blue light and other things uh, on the display for the evening hours. And so those are the bigger, the big updates that are coming to the dashboard, but be on the lookout. Your box should be updating here, or if you're lucky, it'll update in the background and you won't even know it, and that'll be a good thing. We also got some new details about Halo Infinite on the PC. So there's going to be some interesting D uh, Discord integration between the PC version and Halo. They call it deep integration there. Um, I, I like the look of this thing, but I'm annoyed, and you'll see why here in a second. So there's going to be a Radeon uh, RX 6900 XD Halo Infinite Limited Edition graphics card that I have no idea if any of us are going to be able to buy. Uh, but just knowing how they're trying to get your hands on a mini fridge, which I'm still disgruntled about because they they got bought up by the bots, you, you darn bots. Um, and then GPUs are still really hard to find. And so I can only imagine a Halo Infinite themed uh, 6900 XT is going to be exceptionally hard to find. It looks really great. And I think it's unfair that they show us this awesome stuff. And then uh, they don't make one for everyone. Just like, you know, in third grade, if you bring candy, make sure you bring one for everyone. Um, so there you go. There's also going to be uh, ray tracing on Halo Infinite. And so it, it's really shaping up. And you can kind of see that the marketing machine for Halo Infinite is now just trudging along on a really lockstep cadence, which is which is a good sign. They, you know, they're going to be launching here a little over a month, right? A little over a month is what we're going to be seeing here from Halo Infinite. And uh, they're just kind of lining up these news nuggets that are just dropping along the way. And I can't wait to see what's coming out, else coming out. Still waiting for that story and plotline for single player. But, you know, that's they're obviously holding that back intentionally for a reason. And so looking forward to that. They are doing, which makes me, reminds me, right, it's on it's November 15th. It's in November. They're doing a 20th anniversary event. And so they already said there's not going to be new games, but we know that halo which is a core staple of the xbox genre and brand and everything else is going to be launching on the 8th so it's it aligns that maybe they're going to be talking about the single player campaign at that event i don't know we shall find out um other things coming out of the gaming world azure playfab a user generated content service is now generally available and this is going to help or i should say in public preview and this really helps developers in the gaming world create a uh, community economies or creator economies however you want to call it um they also dropped a little nugget there are, there are 200 developers contributing uh to microsoft flight simulator and Five of these developers have already made more than a million dollars in revenue and 25 uh, developers each have made $100,000 so far. So as you can see, the micro or creator economy inside of Flight Sim is doing exceptionally well. At least it appears that way um, out of the bat when you've got about 10% or so of the, of the developers making over 100K. That's not too bad. It's not too bad. 
Um, Among Us also dropped, is not dropped, but Nuggets were dropped. That This is coming to Game Pass in December. So Among Us finally showing up. I don't think we have a date yet for Fall Guys, right? Fall Guys hasn't been announced yet. Um, it's supposed to come in the summer or fall or something like that. Yeah, summer. Now it says, I think, winter, so I guess we don't have a date for that yet. And rounding out the massive amount of Xbox news is new storage tiers or drives are coming. So there's a 512 gigabyte storage that is $139 dues, a one terabyte option, which was already existing at $219 dues, and the two terabyte is $400 dues or 10 mini fridge, or four, I should say, four mini fridge units. 10 mini fridge units would be a thousand bucks, but a mini fridge is a hundred bucks, so mini fridge units uh, is a new factor. It's lining up right next to dollar dues, if you will. So those are just running through the headlines and the big items of the week. Now it's on to my favorite part, which is the questions of the week, which we have a handful of questions in there. So NGC224 says, Google expects to sell more than 7 million Pixel 6 phones. How, oh, how many service duos do you think Microsoft expects to sell? I don't think it's very many. Um, I, I honestly do not have a good guess. I would... If I, I'm pulling this number out of the air, but I would bet that it's less than a million. I would, I would bet that it's less than a million. Um, I mean, they should have pretty good numbers, right? They know how many servers duos they sold. And so the duo two in theory could sell more, but it's not going to sell like 10 X more than this thing. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so, um, Migi says, I'm, so I'm in a university student studying computer engineering and I'm thinking of buying a new laptop. My budget is around 900 ish bucks or so. And I want something to be able to ooh, last for three years. What product would you recommend? So it really depends. And actually Rob, uh, jumped in here with a recommendation. He, it, now this is going to depend on what you're developing for or what you need it for, but the M1 MacBook Air is probably a pretty good choice if you want to go the apple route uh, he also recommends the acer zephyrus g14 too now if you want to live outside that box a little bit you could likely find a good value in a surface laptop for around that price point i would probably go you could get the amd version but if you're developing and you need single thread core performance you might want to look at the intel option uh, but between those three you should be pretty good most modern day pcs as long as they don't like physically fall apart, like cracks and, and whatever, like aside from that, should last for three years. They really should. Performance, well, yes, year-over-year -year performance gains are a thing. I have many devices. This box that I am recording this podcast on is more than three years old, I believe, and it continues to hum along just fine. So the performance aspect should be fine with the M1 or if you can get an i7. I said it might be a little hard to get on the Surface Laptop 4, but if you can get an i5, you should be more than fine for a couple years. And I know that Asus Zephyrus G14 is a pretty good machine as well. Uh, Mad Dynas says, so I am not a Windows insider, but listening to you and Paul describe the Android apps on Windows 11 process, I'm not sure if this is a simple one-click install of apps from the, the store that Microsoft appears to have promised. Am I missing something? I think, now I say this with a pinch of salt and a slap to the face because what I my gut reaction to seeing the the nebulous sort of path you have to take to get this stuff installed is that it's the early days and it's not refined. I believe the streamlined install process should be on their agenda and I would expect that functionality and that type of install process for when this product reaches general availability should be absolutely smoothed out. 
I say that with a massive chip on my shoulder that when Windows 11 was first shown off on June 24th, 25th, like that, and we couldn't even move the taskbar anywhere, the taskbar wasn't even on second monitors. I was like, you guys, this is early stuff. By the time they ship, you'll be able to move the taskbar to the top of the display. It's Windows, you can do that. And yet here we are, and you can't do that natively in Windows 11. So in theory, I believe Microsoft is going to push towards that simple install process because if you have to jump through this many hoops to put Android apps on there, they've lost the marketing message completely and they're going to make a lot of people angry who are trying to figure it out because it is, even for a technical person, having to know, one, can, does your device even support Hyper-V? Two, how to turn on Hyper-V? Like if you even know what that is and then jumping through the other hoops to get stuff installed and then if you want to sideload things, like it's a complex and dirty process right now, but it does work and it does work. So knowing that it does work, it should be easier for Microsoft to work backwards through the installation and, and setup process, but we have to wait for that to mature just effectively. Uh, Rubber Duck says, hi Brad, seeing Apple creating more and more powerful ARM chips, is it imaginable that x86 gets outdated at some point? Because it says at some point, I think, yeah, I think that's a possibility because the, the horizon of the future is never ending. And so at some point, I, somebody will look back and be like, yeah, Brad, you were wrong. And it's like 33,000 years from now. I don't think x86 is going away anytime in the near future, but we've already heard rumors that Microsoft is working with AMD on an ARM chip so that would go up against potentially the M1. Now, Microsoft has obviously got a lot of money and they're placing a lot of bets because their future also rides on the personal computer, right? That is not necessarily x86 based. They work with Qualcomm, but I don't know. That relationship doesn't seem like it's always the best. They always like act like they're hugging, but... I don't know. For some reason, I feel like there's some friction sometimes between Microsoft and Qualcomm about the Windows on ARM. I don't know if it's because Windows on ARM isn't great. I don't know if it's because Microsoft doesn't feel like they're getting enough power and, and effort from Qualcomm on this because Qualcomm just makes a ton of money in the smartphone market. And let's be real, Microsoft or Qualcomm isn't really competing too much. Yes, the M1 chip exists and it's probably maybe embarrassing for them that they're getting beat out so bad, but you, I can't go out buy an M1 chip and run Windows on it. That's just not how it works. Now, well, first off, I can't buy an M1 chip at all. Like, that's not possible. You technically can figure out how to run Windows on an M1, but I'm not going to go down that path. You guys know what I mean. I can't go to PC part picker and say, I want the M1 with the Apple motherboard, and I'm going to put Windows 11 on it. Like, that doesn't work. Um, I'll be curious to see where this AMD and Windows thing heads. I hope that it's a little bit further down the road than, like, they're just getting started, because if that's true, then they're several years out, and AMD um, and Microsoft have a pretty good relationship, it seems, these days. I don't know if it's, it feels like it's better than Intel, because they're doing it on the Xbox, they just announced this Halo Infinite stuff, they've got some GPU stuff, and so Microsoft is very clearly buddying up with AMD quite a bit, it seems, in the past couple of years. Uh, Brother Nod says, if you're buying a headset for work, is it worth getting that team, is, is it worth getting one that is team certified? What does that really mean? It is worth getting one that is team certified if it is wireless. That is my, I think my caveat. So when you get one that is team certified that is wireless, it will come with a dongle and that dongle will only connect to the headset. Even I think it is technically Bluetooth, but um, it's a single device dongle, which means you're not going to get interference from other things. And I, at first I will tell you, I was like, God, that's dumb. Like that, there's no way that works. I'm here to tell you it does. Uh, I've, I have the wireless headset, the modern wireless headset at my house and I use it for teams calls on occasion. And there is a difference. There is is a difference even the surface headphones too for business that are team certified which i also use more frequently than that modern headset um, it does in fact make a difference now if you're getting a wired headset i don't think it's as big of a deal personally i just think when you're going wireless if you are truly 
trying to get to that point where you just want a seamless experience, that's probably the way to go. Massive caveat to that is, is that the Sony XM4s also work pretty well as long as you're sitting close and you're not using, um, I've had some weird issues when I use it with a dock. And so if I have my, like a laptop and a dock and try to use the Sony headphones, they don't work very well. And that's when I use a wired headset. And so that's a whole different conversation. Um, his second question is, says my enterprise is switching to team soon. Wow. Congratulations. That's fantastic because teams has been out for a while, but anyways, uh, what are the most important things I can learn to teach my coworkers? So they fall in love with it. Uh, any suggestions on places to learn to use Microsoft teams as well? The first thing you have got to, you've got to have good control management in teams. And what I mean by that is not letting everyone just go and create teams. Like there's got to be a unified approach for management and, and your org that says, Hey, this is how we're going to do one-on-one uh, -on -one chats. This is how we're going to do group chats because one-on-one chat and group chats are way different than an actual teams channel. And so you've got to have diligence that when setting up teams channels, you do it in an organized fashion that you don't create one that says like lunch on Monday and then like Friday special lunches, like just have one that's called lunch and then have a thread for each day of the week inside of there. And so the best advice I can tell you is just make sure that you have user control and process control over how teams are created because the chat functionality, there's not a whole lot there, right? It's very Skype for business, like, which is what I'm assuming that you're using, but it may not be, but I'm assuming it is, um, right? One-on-one -on -one chats, exactly the same group chats, exactly the same, but those threads, the teams threads, it's very important to make sure you have good control over who, what, where, and how those things are going to create it because they can blow up, uh, and have too many. And then you don't know where things go. And then you've lost control of the team's tenant. And then it's just bad from there so uh juventus reply but it's a blank reply so we're gonna go on to final question of the week from mr pki okay surface duo 2 is better but have you tried stadia or xcloud or luna luna making a surprise appearance in here i have tried xcloud or cloud gaming as microsoft would like me to call it. i still like the name xcloud i bet there was some sort of like licensing thing why they couldn't get xcloud because it was some like generic term or something like that xcloud is good uh, right, you get the, the the display on the bottom, but the question is, is it better than this guy? Mm, I don't know. Um, the, the the biggest problem I have, and you'll see where I'm going with this, is yes, this device is faster and it does feel like games load faster. But my primary usage of the original Duo was on the old cloud servers, which were old or just like Xbox One boards, where when you're playing it on this guy, they're all Series X boards i believe for the most part at least that's what microsoft tells us so it's somewhat like an apple to like an apple 2e comparison if for people who understand that um it's not quite the same it says are you actually going to keep it or ultimately going to return it well i am going to keep it for the long haul because microsoft sent this to me as a loaner unit until they ask for it back i want to keep an eye on their updates and so i will keep it around um it's also nice to be able to use that to test all their xbox cloud gaming updates and so it'll stick around here for a little bit maybe not permanently though so whew. like i said guys that was like a, a neutron star week of information you had service duo 2 came out you had android apps you had saying goodbye to uwp you had windows 20 uh 1h2 dropping you had just tons of stuff azure play fab stuff um tons of xbox news on a, a new update for your console just getting a little bit better um just lots of stuff going on now microsoft will be dropping earnings next week and so we're all crossing our fingers that we will actually hear a, an Xbox Game Pass number. That was even another thing that I forgot that the whole 30 million um, and the growth percentage seemed a little bit off and some management didn't get their bonuses because they came up short because it was, I believe, supposed to be 48% and they hit like 37% growth.
Earth. And so just like I said, a neutron star of density. And so these are the weeks that I love. They keep me on my toes. I love chatting every Friday with myself looking at a camera, but I really do appreciate the questions that come in. And as always, have yourselves a wonderful weekend and we'll catch all of you right back here next time.